You are listening to Fanfare Tracks. They love you. You know. This is Princess Leia Organa. You're listening to Planet Leia. Permission is granted to land on Planet Leia. Brought to you by Fanthatrax. Here are your hosts, Claire Henry and Johanna Nibielios. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Planet Leia. I'm Claire Henry at Irish Geek Girl on Twitter and Instagram and I'm joined by Johanna, my co-host for Planet Leia. Evening, Johanna. Good evening, good evening. Are you excited? I am very excited. Even though both of us weren't at Celebration. No. It was really great to watch and so much to talk about. And we're just going to do a massive celebration of Celebration. We cannot go without talking about Kenobi. We won't talk about Kenobi until towards the end of the episode. So if you don't want to have any spoilers and you haven't managed to watch any of it yet, then we'll make sure that we'll give you a good ample warning when we're going to start talking about it because obviously there's something in it that it would be remiss of us not to talk about. The clue is in the name of the podcast. So celebration, how was it for you not being there? Actually, what I did was to totally do something else. I went off on a medieval fair and stayed in a tent for like the whole celebration. So I I didn't have a lot of possibility to charge my phone. So it was really like, yeah, I couldn't stream anything. I couldn't, well, I could keep up on like the forum where I spend most of my celebration discussions, but that was it. So it was easier than I would have thought it'd been just because I was simply away. Had I been at home, I would probably have stayed glued to the to the screen or something. The same with me. I did have a lot of FOMO. I'm not going to lie about that. I was watching everybody flying off from all around the place. You know, I saw some one of my friends flying in from Australia. I saw somebody flying in from Europe and all across America. And then obviously all the Fanta trackers that were there as well. I definitely had a lot of FOMO from about Monday onwards, more than I thought I was going to have. I think it actually was worth in the days leading up to celebration once it all started. But, you know, when you have all the people, they are traveling, they are excited. Soon it was going to be there and soon it's going to start. And like, yeah, I'm not there. And I should say, this is except for celebration japan this was the first celebration that i missed since celebration three in 2005 yes you've been going for a lot longer than me so this is the first celebration that i hadn't been to since the first celebration in london which was my first celebration so i can't remember how long ago that was that was when Andrew Walker had hair and I was slightly slimmer than what I am now in celebration Europe two in Essen in twenty thirteen that was my favourite one. I really loved that celebration. That was amazing. So watching everybody sort of flying off was the sort of the thing that got me. And then it was work for me anyway. So when celebration was happening, which would have been late at night for us, I was asleep because I was working all the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I got snippets of it here and there and then was just like, yeah, okay, I can do this. Because then a bit like yourself, I took myself completely away from it all and I flew out to Egypt and the Wi-Fi wasn't great. 
but obviously we've managed to catch up on all the news. So that's obviously what we're going to be talking about. So let's start off with the uh, Lucasfilm panel. Awesome news coming out all over the shop, really, from that, wasn't there? Oh, if I had been there, I would have loved to go there and see all the news about all that coming TV series. Definitely. So which out of the announcements took your fancy? Even if I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I don't really keep up with news and rumours and stuff. So really, I got so excited about the fact that we're getting Andor a lot earlier than I thought we would. Yes. I love the Rebels. I love the Rebellion era. I want to have just more and more about the time period between the prequels and the original trilogy. That's where my love of Star Wars is. So it's like, yes, Andor. Yes. I want to see more of Mon Mothma. And we've talked about Mon Mothma already and our love our love yes. for her. And isn't it brilliant to see Genevieve coming back into yes. it? Didn't she look fabulous? Oh, yes. Even her outfit of choice on the stage gave that regalness that was needed. And the whole snippet that we got was mm. just incredible, wasn't it? I think Andrew is going to be quite a difficult series to watch because I'm pretty sure that our heroes won't be as heroic as we want them to be. And I think you get that sense already because you get that sense of desperation, don't you? Yeah. And that powerlessness. And I think that that's going to transpire into Andor as well. There seems to be, when you saw the clip from Andor, where he seems to be on quite a lush planet and that's obviously where he's from originally. And then he ends up in this other planet I'm not quite sure we're all going to be sitting comfortable with. I mean, we kind of got that snippet from it, didn't we, when he killed his fellow rebel at the start of Rogue One. And I'm guessing we will see like a similar journey for Mon Mothma as well. I mean, we have seen her as the senator in the prequels. She's quite idealistic. She's quite close to to freedom, democracy, justice. And I mean, all of her companions in the Senate are like, Padme's dead. Bale is already the great hero, and I am a big Bale fan. Mon Mothma will probably be the one we will see who gets to take like the dirty decisions. Yes, you can almost tell that she's the one that's already pulling the strings. I'm wondering then about the whole Saw Guerrera aspect of it. I think then we'll see how that Mm -hmm. comes into it, you know, how factions out and how then he almost becomes the bad rebel as such. I'm hoping that we will get to see a bit of Saw Gerrera in it. Have you read the book Catalyst? No, I haven't. So Catalyst is sort of the prequel to Rogue One. So it's about Mm -hmm. Galen Erso and his journey. Oh, yes. No, I'm stupid. Yes, of course I have. I just couldn't remember. I love that book. Yeah, and it's brilliant. And I think we got snippets of that, didn't we, in the trailer? Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, that shiny white bit you know in that whole thing so I think we're going to get to see that whole backstory to the Death Star again and that Catalyst story coming to life to screen as well I'm hoping so that's what I'm hoping for because my other theory about what was going to happen in Andor didn't happen in Andor it's happened in Kenobi so yeah. I'm going down this route now I think we're going down the Saw Gerrera Catalyst route and finding out about the dirty gritty bit of the rebellion really I think that will be for a future episode probably when the whole series is done just to discuss also the fact that we have the different female leaders their different decisions or the fact that like Padme they die before they get to take any bad decisions like what is the price of freedom and what are they really willing to pay where do they stop 
There's a lot of philosophy going on there. Absolutely. And I have full faith in Andor. You know, the cast is great. I just love the way that at the minute, and I know this is sounding a bit harpy and a bit old, but to know what, the whole touches of bringing back actors to play their characters, you know, we see it in Kenobi, we've seen it in the book of Boba Fett, you know, and you just don't know who's going to come out of the woodwork, so to speak, next. And the whole female perspective of it all, it, they're at the fore again. And it's great to see, it's great to see that it's that it's, it's a good mix. I suppose we do have to do, although it's not necessarily Star Wars as no. such, but we do have to nod to the maestro who is John Williams. Yeah. Were you lucky enough to see John Williams at the 40th panel? No, I was in my live screening. I wasn't on the live. So, yeah, so I I was there when he did that. I managed to see that. And I I know what that feels like. My only thing is, is Harrison Ford turned up again, didn't he? (sighs) John Williams and Harrison Ford. I have to say, they pulled out all the stops in this panel. And it was what anybody who was at Celebration deserved to get because there's sometimes some of the panels haven't been what they deserve to get. And you've sat there and you've walked away quite disappointed from them. There was one in Chicago, which was the anniversary for The Phantom Phantom Menace, Menace. wasn't it? Yes. I mean, when everyone is talking about a panel that you have been let down by, it's that panel. And to be unlike defending the organisers, it's apparent that, I mean, there was a snowstorm in Chicago. Someone who apparently was the big name couldn't couldn't yeah. get to Chicago. Then they were building up to like, now we will present someone and no. Nope. And they didn't come. I know I'm always curious to know who that yes. was to see you know who that was at that point. I'm Anthony Daniels and you are listening to Fanther Tracks. Well done. I'm hoping that we're going to see Liam Nielsen at some point in, in the next couple of weeks. Even hear yeah. him would be a good one. I'm not so much of an Ahsoka fan. I feel like you're now blasphemy because everyone's so in love with Ahsoka. And I like, ah. I guess it's because I didn't follow Clone Wars as they unfolded. I just couldn't bother to like finding them. Yeah, and- and, yeah I think that's probably my thing about it too. Ashley Eckstein is wonderful and she's so great with the Star Wars fans and she has that huge following. And to be fair, Ahsoka is Ahsoka because of Ashley Eckstein, really, and her persona and her love and her passion for Star Wars and the fans and doing everything that she does for them. She has them at the heart of everything that she does. So I have to say, I tip my hat off to her because if it wasn't for her, I don't think Ahsoka would have been put into the hands highlight that she's now been put into and now she's got her own live series I think it'll be an interesting one Mm. will we see Hayden Christensen in it as Darth Vader or Anakin as flashbacks it's also where Ahsoka is set that it's a more of an uncharted territory I mean as I said I love the rebellion era between the prequels and the original trilogy now it's after the original trilogy how are they going to lead into the sequels or are they going to stay with this the Mandalorian just like everything is up and about and we don't really know what's going on in the big galaxy but Ahsoka is really involved in the whole galactic history it's not like with Book of Boba Fett or the Mandalorian where you can just say no I'm doing my job here being a crime lord Ahsoka as a Jedi as her role in the Clone Wars needs to be more involved I have really no idea where it's going to lead. No, I don't. I mean, I think the interesting thing for me, and I did watch this series because my daughter loved it, was Rebels. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where Sabine is coming into to, it. That's what I'm excited about, to see Sabine in yeah. the live action. Yeah. And of course, that also means that you 
can't help but hope that we will get the rest of the rebels crew as well. Was it Dave Filoni said, you know, where's Ezra? Yeah, and he was very cagey about it. So, you know, I think, and then does that mean that then we're going to lead into Darth Maul? You know, so so the, the elements and the openings that we have, the fact that we know that Sabine is going to be in it yeah. means that the, the door is opening for anybody that we've seen from the ghost in Rebels yes. or or the characters that we've seen in Rebels. So, you know, certainly the Darth Maul coming back. So it'll, that for me is an interesting one. But the cast is, they're choosing great actors. You know, when you look it up on, on the internet, they say Hayden Christensen's in it. That hasn't been confirmed mm-hmm. by anybody in Lucasfilm Limited. So, you know, the, the rumours are there. But Rosario did a great job of Ahsoka. So I'm yeah. quite looking forward to seeing her portray it. I think she did an excellent job. I think for me, Ahsoka will be like the same level of interest as the book of Boba Fett, which is nowhere near as close as big as it is for Kenobi or the Andor series. But I'm looking forward to watching it. And the thing about it is, is if you take a look at the quality of what we've had so far in the TV series, they are high quality, good watches. And if you pile them all in together, it's just one big, massive TV series, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Which just makes me laugh. The other thing was Willow. We will mention that. That's quite an exciting one and and quite nice to see that the Davis family are all Mm. in it together. It was a shame they were due to be at Star Wars Fan Fun Day, Mm. uh, the first bank holiday in the UK. And unfortunately, they couldn't make it due to commitments. That's a nice touch. I'm really looking forward now to watching Willow with good special effects. I mean, the special effects in Willow are great (laughs) in the 80s, but they have moved on. I'm thinking special about the brownies because I was laughing so much when they showed up. Those effects are not good in the original. It will be so (laughs) fun to now see them. Well, they weren't necessarily state of the art even then, were they? No. No. It was definitely, well, it was definitely the second rate movie, wasn't it? And then, of course, we'll finally mention The Mandalorian. Mm Bo-Katan is back again. What are they going to do with the Black Saber? And I mean, to keep interest in the Mandalorian storyline, I think you have to go with the Bo-Katan and see see the Mandalorian issue and what will happen on Mandalorian. Because with today's storytelling, a whole TV series, you have to have some like huge plan for it. I'm starting to feel it's not enough with just a cute story about a bounty hunter and his founding going around solving problems. They need something bigger. Yeah, that was yeah. a bit what I felt lacking in the book of Boba Fett. Oh, I really hope that the Mandalorian question will be what really propels the storytelling in Mandalorian to be bigger. How could you not bring her in with the Darksaber and yeah. coming to light? You have yeah. to have Bo-Katan in it. You have to, given what happened in the in the series. So you, you have to bring her into it. There's yeah. no doubt. It's going to be Mandalorians. Yes. And probably we'll see some kind of unifying between all the different creeds and clans and say like, hey, we're all Mandalorians. Let's build up our culture. Yeah. Let's build up Mandalore again. Yeah, I think I think I was that, going I, to say make Mandalore great again, but that didn't sound quite as good. Oh, no, that's not. That's a bit Trump-esque, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, makes me good. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure we can take it that way, can't we? Disappointing for those at home not to have been able to watch it live yeah which was a shame that you had to sort of rely on 
news agents like Fanta Tracks, obviously, who were there, Kevin and Matt, to hear the news from that way. That would be my only gripe. I mean, when I haven't gotten access to like the main panels, sometimes I've even stayed in the hotel room watching the live stream because it's been quite nice. You still had atmosphere. You don't have to stay up all night. Yeah. And that you didn't have almost any live streaming now. That was definitely a letter. And I wonder why, since they've done it so much before. I mean, it's all right that you cut off when you have the special things that you only want to give the audience, but the main panels that they weren't live. And and I remember in the one in London, they did stream it live and then the exclusive clips just blanked it out. People at home didn't see it. And that that also means because at the main stage or in other streaming arenas, you have been able to go to like in, in the middle of the celebration floor, you always have like the Star Wars live stage. And if you haven't gotten access to actually sit and be in the panel, you've been able to go to the live stage and you've yeah. seen it being streamed with a lot of yeah. people around you. I did that for the Mandalorian in Chicago and it was great. I mean, I hadn't had a chance to go to the Mandalorian, but just standing there in the middle of the panel, you knew that you wouldn't see everything. But it was a great opportunity. The stars from the panel would yeah. come out to do the Star Wars stage. I always think that was good. And I have to say... Having Andy and crew back doing the Star Wars show, because I did watch some of those live streams from the Star Wars show stage. It was great to have them back again. Proved to me how much I missed the Star Wars show every week. I know it's only only lasted five or ten minutes, but do you know what? It did keep you sort of up to date and their sort of positivity and, and relationship. It worked really well. So I've met them a couple of times and they, they're really good guys. And it was nice. It was nice to see that. The other disappointing thing, but it was a good thing since I wasn't there, the lack of Anakin and Padme merch. I mean, this was the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, the big love film, the big romantic film of all the Star Wars films. What did they have? They had like a pair of sandals with Anakin and Padme on them in the official store and that was it. And even her universe didn't have that many Hmm. things in it either. It was the 20th anniversary of Anakin and Padme meeting up, getting married, and it was like, From what I've seen, I couldn't find anything like Padme related, except for some of the gorgeous prints that you had. The artists, there were some fabulous prints, to be fair. I I was having a good look around. If I had been there and gotten into the official store, I would have been so disappointed. In a way, why I don't like Ahsoka, it gets a bit resentment because she gets all the focus when you want to have a female character. Padme, more Padme. Given that it was that anniversary and given what's coming in Kenobi, you would think that sometimes the merchandise baffles me in their choice. There was more Aunt Beru merchandise than Padme merchandise. What's that all about? Yeah, but I heard that the there were still big queues for the stores as usual. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they did have some brilliant things. I would have loved to get my hands on the towel with I Hate, I hate Sand. Oh, I'd have loved that. I'd have loved that. That, that whoever, whoever came up with that idea, that was great. Yeah. I quite like the photo ones. There was one with Ben and, and I thought that was quite amusing. That Those ones made me giggle. I have put an order in for a tote bag. I'm hoping that came back with one of the Fanta trackers. I always have to have a tote bag. But that's also when I looked at what was available online or what they were going to have in the store. And this is something that has really gotten worse in the celebrations. There are a lot less female options now for clothing. Hardly any female models on the t-shirts. It's just unisex, which of course means male. I don't know if they are just counting on her universe, taking all the female customers, but really there were just like two or three t-shirts with a female cut. From from Chicago, female cut t-shirt sold out after two days. 
basically all the Jedi masters had bought them up on the night before and that first day. And I hadn't arrived in Chicago until the second day when I got into the yeah. store on the, on the second day night, all gone. And it was just like, well, that's just rubbish. And by now, like, I'm still walking around in my T-shirts that I bought at Celebration in Orlando back in 2010, Empire Anniversary, because then they had so much Han and Leia merch and I bought a lot of T-shirts back then. Yeah. And they are yeah. starting to get slightly worn out. And I've also gotten a bit bigger since then, so they don't really fit that well anymore. It's the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi next year, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I'm hoping that there's going to be some Endor Leia stuff or something like that. They should listen to us, know that there are so many female fans who are really willing to spend a lot of money. Absolutely. I bring a spare suitcase with me, empty, or my aim is to go to American Tourister and buy a suitcase and fill it up. I've been known to having to buy an extra bag. We are quite prepared to do all that. So then the next thing is, is that obviously the big panel... On the second day, how amazing was that? I was imagining you going, oh, I can't believe it. Let's go through who was there. So we had Anthony Daniels, Doug Chan was there, Tamura Morrison, yeah. Daniel Logan was there, John Knoll yeah. was there, Matthew yeah. Wood was yeah. there. Matthew Wood is the voice, isn't he, of the droids, the battle droids. That, yeah. And then that hosted- was the one panel I, oh, what I would have loved to be there. Well, I think that was the panel that we were all hoping for in yeah. Chicago that we didn't yes. get. And I think they knew that people were disappointed at the, the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary. Yeah. But this time, they were making sure that this would be a good panel. And, and nice to see Ashley Eckstein, although she yeah. wasn't, obviously, mm. you know, it was nice to see her comparing it and, mm. and doing it. And then, of course, everybody just went mad, didn't they, when yeah. um, Hayden and, and Ewan walked in. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody... Hoped, didn't they, that that was going yeah. to happen, considering yeah. that they were there for the weekend. That would have been a major anticlimax if they hadn't been there. So, yeah. yes, and to yeah. see them yeah. together. I mean, I just love all the love that Hayden is getting from the fans since it started showing up in celebration. I remember back for the 40th anniversary panel in 2017 when it was just rumored that he was going to be there. And he was one of the main reasons why I really wanted to go to that panel just to be able to show like, we love you. And it was so obvious that I wasn't the only one. I think he has really come to terms with his role and the ones who are really huge Star Wars fans have really accepted him as well. I, as you know, and we've talked about already, I wasn't a particularly a, a great fan of the prequels. I wasn't. You know, I'm an OT girl all the way, but I, I just think it is wonderful to see the love that he's got that's reinforced his faith, perhaps a bit, yeah. a bit like Jar Jar Binks's. Yeah, actually, I mean, you know, everyone who keeps claiming that Star Wars fans hate the prequels, hate Hayden Christensen, they should go to an arena event where he shows up and just see all the love that he gets. Exactly. I don't know whether you saw the Vanity Fair. I haven't read it. I just saw like the front page when I was at the airport. I bought it and I read it and. The fact that Ewan came on board, obviously it was a film, Kenobi was a film mm. beforehand, and then but then to persuade Hayden to come back into it, I think that was an absolute coup. Yeah. Well done to them. Because then obviously then you can start to celebrate all the anniversaries that are coming yes. up. Yeah. You know, it would be amazing in the next anniversary that we we get the Anakin and Padme reunion that yeah. we're all oh the one we were really we're all hoping for 
now that she's come back into Thor, I'd like to hope that maybe she'll decide to come back because it is what every prequel fan wants, isn't it? Yeah, that is the next big actor. Well, Liam Neeson and Natalie Portman are yeah. the two ones that have never been. To get them on stage would just be, wow. Yeah, they've got to. They've got, they've got to try. I don't doubt that they aren't, if you know what I mean. It would be great for the Revenge of the Sith if they could get Natalie Portman in there. Come on, Natalie, you know you want to. Listen to us. Come on, come on. For all those prequel fans, that's what they want. They want to see yes. that. And hopefully, now that she's sort of seems to be branching out again into, you know, the Marvel Universe and back into Disney again. Hopefully. Maybe she's getting a more understanding of what us nerds are like. I think so. Because to be honest, I don't think she has ever, I mean, Hayden has been so vocal about how big of a Star Wars fan he was when he got the role. He knows everything. I had had the feeling that Natalie Portman isn't quite a nerd. No, uh, she was definitely an actor uh, first and foremost, wasn't she? She came into this with the acting role, whereas Ewan, well, he had family history, didn't he? Because of his uncle. He grew up with Star Wars. Hayden grew up with Star Wars. You know, so they were sort of into it, weren't they? You hear other people coming into it definitely are. So I, I think it'll be an interesting one. Hi, this is Guy Henry and you're listening to Fantha Tracks. Enjoy. There was the music panel. Yeah, those are always so worth going to, to hear David Collins just go through all the scenes. I really enjoy them when I've been to them before. I would actually love to see a panel with him. I mean, he does his thematic like with the anniversary films. That's what the music panel that he does. But it would be so interesting to hear him make a panel of now about the TV series and the music there and how he can like analyze how they are forging all the themes from John Williams into this new musical landscape. And if you remember, Collins, he was the one that was telling everybody about the Emperor's theme. Well, actually, I knew that since 99. I, I knew you did, but I didn't. Just have to listen. He's like, oh, that's the Emperor's theme. And of course, we're talking about the big celebration music in The Phantom Menace. But yes, his panel in Chicago was the one where like, a lot of people really notice that, oh. As you know, it's because I didn't necessarily, sorry, I didn't necessarily pay much attention to the prequels. So, you know, it's a bit like, ooh. The one thing we do, when we didn't mention, was Jude Law being announced in um, The Skeleton Crew. So this is a bit of an interesting one. I'm not going to lie, do like a bit of Jude Law in my life. So I'm I'm not too sad to hear that one. Dave Filoni and John Favreau were involved in it. It's supposed to be a lot about kids around 10 years or something. So I'm so guessing I'm, it's going to be a bit more child-friendly. It sounds that way to me. It's a story about a group of kids about 10 years old from a tiny little planet who accidentally get lost in the Star Wars galaxy. Sounds quite cute to me. Clone Wars isn't exactly the most child-friendly program with, with all the violence and what's going on there. So just because it's a child TV show, it doesn't have to be like childish. Yeah. So, but I really, I have no idea what's coming out. I think the only thing that I thought that they might have mentioned, but they didn't, was Ryan Johnson's trilogy yeah. of films. Yeah. It's still in the pipeline. It's still not been taken off the slate yet, but there was no mention of it. Maybe we'll get something about that in London. Hopefully. And you still also have like, I can't pronounce his name, Taika Waititi. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It'll be interesting to see what he's making out of Star Wars, but we don't really know anything except that 
he's in it. Yeah, I like him. I, I enjoy what he's in and I enjoyed what he's done. I, I like his humour and his dark sense of humour. So I'm kind of hoping. I, I think it sounds perfect for a Star Wars project. It'll be interesting to see where that all goes. But apart from that, I, it seemed to be a very good celebration. It seemed to be a very successful celebration. It was good to see everybody's photos and everybody enjoying yeah. themselves. And of course, I'm not going to lie. I did uh, set my alarm on um, Sunday night when I was in Egypt and went straight on to Twitter to see when the next celebration was going to be (laughs) and where it was going to be because I knew that the rumours were it was going to be in London and Europe so I was thinking oh yeah come on is this going to be the case boom it did I didn't think it would be London this early I would think that it would go back to Orlando and then London so I was asleep and then I woke up to like a lot of excitement on my social media I think your message to me was the first like okay it's gonna be in London that's why she did just post it to me yeah 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 woke up I went straight onto Twitter tried to watch the live feed but it wasn't streaming very well because Egypt doesn't have great wi-fi so yeah basically got on there and booked my hotel room job done I got so excited in the morning that I booked a hotel room as well. And by now I'm happy that I did because all the hotels quite close by are sold out. So yeah, yeah, it might yeah. be some official hotel blocks and stuff like that, but at least I know I have a room. And that said, I, I'm quite happy. I've stayed in the place that I've stayed in before. It's right beside the back entrance to it. So it's really close. You yeah. can walk in and out. It's on the DLR. So that's great. So yeah, so bring on next April celebration in a school holiday. In a place where it's not too far for either of us to go to. No, I don't have to take several days off. Yeah. And it's the first four-day celebration in Europe. Yes. All our celebrations have been three-day celebrations. Now we'll get the full four-day celebration. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, I, I'm going to say I've straddled it. I've booked from the Wednesday to the mm. Tuesday morning, I think I've booked mm. it from. I had Thursday until Tuesday. And it's over the Easter weekend, which is yes. going to be interesting. I only know that I promise I took my nephew to London back in 2015 or something around Easter. And then I promised never to go to London in Easter again, but they have to break that promise. We won't be alone. It'll be in that bubble around the XL. And I'm hoping the fact that maybe if you're flying in a day early, leaving a day later, possibly not too crazy crowds in in the transport or at the airport. For everything in one location... Daily news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, video and social media feeds. Bookmark Fanthatracks.com for Star Wars News 24-7, 365. Probably the best Star Wars TV program so far, in my opinion. There's no competition. There is no competition. Deborah Chow, you are amazing. You have absolutely nailed it on the head. Well done, that woman. Yes. I remember talking to Mark Mulcaster about, we were trying to work out when to do our live show about, you know, the reaction show to Kenobi. And I said to him, I said, I think they're going to release it at midnight. You cannot have a Kenobi panel or part of the Kenobi panel and then expect everybody to sit and wait. They're going to bring it forward. They did bring it forward. And I was up at five o'clock on Friday morning, England time. And I basically sobbed my heart out. Oh, as much as I love you and as Obi-Wan, I love, I was so hesitant because I couldn't come up with a good way of getting 
Obi-Wan of the planet. Because to me, I mean, he should be sitting in his hut, contemplating his life, watching a Luke. I couldn't really get away. What will they do to make him go out on an adventure? And then... It was so obvious, but it wasn't obvious. If you're listening now and you haven't watched Kenobi, switch off now and come back in 10 minutes. I thought Leia was going to be an Andor because of the whole rebellion and the history behind it, etc. Now, she still could be, but for me... It's so obvious now, and and how stupid was I not to think about it? She was a total surprise for me, and it was like, oh my God, it's Leia. Oh my God, she's going to be like the main character besides Ben. It's like, of course she is. When it panned across, I can't remember how where they where the shot was beforehand. I think it was in Tatooine and it was the Jedi being chased by the Inquisitors. And then it cut to this glistening planet. And I went, no way! I actually screamed out loud and I took a massive sob, like a sort of, a, it's not, oh my God, it is. And it was Alderaan. I knew it was Alderaan. From the minute I saw those buildings, I was just like, of course, of course, this is how it's going to be. I mean, I am a huge fan of Bail Organa. It's been like, since I started being a Star Wars fan, before there was so much in Legends or Expanded Universe, but I really feel like he must have been such a good dad. One of my first fan fiction and one of my only ones that I've ever written was actually a Bail Organa fanfic about him and Leia. And I was like, yes, we get to see Bail raising Leia and how much he loves her and what a perfect parent-child relation they have. And with Brea as well, even if it seems that she's a bit closer to Bail. So I was just like, oh, I was so happy to see more of Bail. And and the fact that when they went on to plead with Obi-Wan about, you know, you've got to rescue Leia, my daughter said they should have said, help us, Obi-Wan, you're our only hope. And I thought, okay, that would have been a bit cheesy. But the fact that they were saying she is just as important as Luke. Yes, that was worth so much. That was perfect. That was the perfect wording to get him to think about it. And I have to say, Ewan McGregor played the broken man superbly. Oh, oh. he is exactly what I imagine Obi-Wan to be on Tatooine after everything. When we come into A New Hope, he's not as broken anymore. And I'm thinking we will see him transform in like coming to terms with his role, coming to terms with the Force again. Yeah. Because apparently he has a huge, he doesn't want to use the Force. And that was obvious when Leia tried to jump the buildings, if you remember, and she falls and she's holding on to it. And you can tell that a bit like I'm going to say, and there are parallels between Luke Skywalker and the last sequels to Kenobi in in this one, the parallels of not wanting to use the Force and almost like losing the power of the Force. And you could see that struggle I thought it was quite funny that they were having the the conversation again about making people float. What did Jedi do? Make people float, float. make things float. And he did, and he did, but it was an effort. It it was an effort. And when he runs into stormtroopers, he is very happy to use a blaster. It's not exactly the old Ben of a new hope who just mind tricks the stormtroopers and then go on his way. So yeah, I love to see that personal journey of Obi-Wan as well, to see like how will he comes to terms with himself, what his role is now. And I also must say they have the best description of what the Force is like. 
Yes. It's so beautiful when Leia asks, what is the force? And he just says, do you know when it's dark and you turn on the light? It's that feeling. And I mean, I started to cry when I heard it. It was simple, but perfect. I think that's the beauty of this series so far. It has captured the whole picture and the struggle and how things have developed from Order 66 even seeing the clone trooper. Yeah, and it's our 501st clone trooper as well with the blue markings. So it's like, it's one of Anakin's clones. Exactly. And I mean, your man Morrison, he's he's all over the shop, isn't he? He's in everything at the minute. He, he definitely got the best role, didn't he? Because he's everywhere. <laughs> Just seeing that whole beauty of it all. And I have to say, it's a bit like the Mandalorian. It's somebody looking after somebody. And I would say what I find in this is where I find it something new in the Star Wars galaxy. What we've gotten in some of the books and some of the literature before is this very personal, emotional development story where the action is not the main thing, just the personal development. The Inquisitors are cool. They're all cool. But it's like compared to how invested they feel in Obi-Wan's journey and Leia, I, I realize they need to have some battles with Inquisitors. But the emotional impact is from all the smaller scenes. I, I'm sure you've read all the Claudia Gray books about Leia. Mm. I get quite emotional when I read them because I mm. feel that that encapsulates everything about Leia. But that what you've learned throughout it all, I'm assuming that Deborah Charles read those books and they've brought them in. So like yes. when she's talking to her cousin, who's a right little, you know, those bits, if you're an Alea fan, you've already seen those in, in the books. Yeah. You know, she's not afraid to talk mm. about it. Mm. She's not afraid to challenge anybody. And her sense of humour is hilarious. In fact, the oh, fact she called Obi-Wan I mean, Grandad, that just made me laugh. And all the little nods to all the original trilogy and the prequels yeah. has been superb. The costume choices. Bespin Leia and Ender Leia, and she's just running around in it. It's awesome. Yeah. Very, very cleverly done. Very cleverly done. The best bridge between Kenobi and the original trilogy is Owen Lars. When Joel Edgerton was on the scene in that first, he sounds like old Uncle Owen. He looks yes. like him. It's like, is it Joel Edgerton? Or he was so close and, you know, with the voice, how it was moving. Such a small scene, but it was like, that's the old Uncle Owen. And I was about to say about the toy. Oh, yeah. How did Luke get that toy back again for A New Hope? I'm thinking, like, speculating. I have no idea. I haven't read any spoilers or any rumours, but I imagine that Ben will go through the series, finding balance in his own life, where he is, his role. He will make a return to the Larses and through some way say, hey, I won't get involved with Luke, but hey, give him this toy. I'm going to stand back now and watch him. And the thing about it is Obi-Wan is afraid to use the Force mm. now mm. and he doesn't do the Jedi mind tricks. But whereas in A New Hope, he does use the Jedi mind tricks. He does use the Force. So clearly yeah. something's happened towards the end of this series, which we'll obviously find out about, that's made him confident again about it. I mean, I don't know whether you saw about the... um posters Carl was 
we were chatting, you know, mm-hmm. as you do about all these things and the posters that have been released, the main character, whoever it is. And then there's an association with Kenobi or Vader and, you know, who their allegiances are to. Yeah. So Leia has Obi-Wan in the twin mm-hmm. sons in the poster and so does Reva. Yeah. And yet... The others have Vader or Anakin, and it's and it's quite interesting to see where that all goes. If there is an issue, of course, with the series, is that it's hard to get a really interesting villain because you know that both Leia and Ben, you know where they will be. So you know there is no risk for them in this, but it will be so interesting still to see their journey developing as characters. And I think that's more important than seeing like a big bad villain because we have Darth Vader in it, but Darth Vader is not going to be able to cut Obi-Wan down. He won't do that. No, because he won't be able to like get in close to Leia and like do something to her either. He is just there as the big menacing thing. And I'm thinking it will be more of an importance to like even more getting Ben to like see that the fact that Anakin is dead. Yes. And yeah. it's just Darth Vader that lives on. The interesting character for me in this is Reva yeah. and her journey, because is Reva that youngling at the start yes. of episode one? She has, one? To, be. She she has, has to, be. to be. And and why is she so full of hate for Obi-Wan? Yeah. Is it that she feels he let them down? He was no. the traitor? Or was it? He Anakin? failed Anakin somehow. This yeah, and to- she's believing... Anakin's take on it. Mm. Interesting in her poster, her twin son is Obi-Wan. So is there going to be a redemption in Reva in that she's ultimately going to save Luke and Leia and Obi-Wan that takes us on to a new hope? Because, I mean, she seems to be very close to Vader. Yes. Closer even than the other Inquisitors. And I'm thinking it has something to do with the fact something happened in the Jedi Temple. Rupert Friend's character, the Grand Inquisitor, says, we picked you up from the gutter and it was mm. only your powers that made you who you were. She's got to be in the gutter from Order 66. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. So I think that her character development in this will be crucial to that protection of Luke and Leia. She's going to be the one that's going to sort of ring the balance, see the redemption and work out actually maybe Obi-Wan was right and Anakin was wrong. And so we might see that flip and that reverse of what happens. The fact that we saw the box in the Mm -hmm. desert with the two lightsabers in it again, I just cried. I just cried. Yes. And how will Ben get from his little cave to his hut? Yeah, there's so many things, so many things in this program that just make me so happy. It's very emotional just to watch an episode. Yeah, it's almost brought, and this is going to sound really cheesy, balance to the prequels and the original trilogy. I loved it for this way of leading into A New Hope. And I think they're doing a great job of going from the characters we see in Revenge of the Sith to where they are in A New Hope. This is such a perfect bridge. There's a good journey to it, isn't there? I should say that I am a bit worried about they are talking about possible season two because I'm not sure that they will be able to fill a season two with the same. If this is a perfect character journey, maybe we don't need a season two, even if a lot of people are watching because apparently the number of viewers for this one is off the roofs from what I heard. That's why they're thinking about the season two. And ah, 
uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I hope not. I hope this will be the bridge gap. And then what I intend to do is watch Fanboys the movie <laughs> and then go to the prequels, then Kenobi and Solo, then Andor, then Rogue One, then A New Hope, Star Wars, and then carry on that way. I'm going to get my inter-trilogy Star Wars thing now with being able to watch Revenge of the Sith, Kenobi, Solo, Rogue One, and you hope and like just keep that as its own little inter-trilogy universe. That is exactly it. As you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of every single character, every single nuance, but what I do know is that this is a good Star Wars. Yeah. This is the Star Wars that I love. And the storytelling that I love and the character building that I love. And that is what I, it's a very emotional roller coaster for me. And Vivian Blair is absolutely superb as Princess Leia. I can agree a bit on the criticism that maybe she looks a bit young, but come on, Carrie Fisher didn't exactly look old when she was a senator at 18 as Princess Leia. So I'm okay with that. I'm going to say I teach 10 year olds. And and she she's a ten year old to me. I have no problem with. No. I've taught plenty of ten year olds, and and that's not an issue for me at all. No. I'm totally age. fine with her. I see. Well, like my first reaction to her was that she looks a bit younger than ten, but I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, because there are yeah. ten year olds that are younger. I mean, mentally, she's definitely ten years old. Oh my god, she's twenty two. To be honest, <laughs> and, and you know, and and she will remain that that way all the way through the whole series of films and, and episodes. Hello, I'm Ahmed Best, and you're listening to Fanta Tracks. I think the one thing that we do have to touch on is the controversy, and and it's not a controversy; it's it's absolutely appalling what is happening with the actor that plays Reva. Let me just state for the record, it is absolutely abhorrent what has happened to her and it's disgusting. People like that are horrible. And honestly, that just made me really sad that people felt that, that they were okay to say things like that. The only thing I will say there is that I love the outpouring of support that she has gotten because to be honest, when... All the bad things on social media happened to Kelly Marie Tran, John Boyega. It felt like maybe they didn't get the strongest. I mean, they got support, of course, but it wasn't so evident. Now you have everyone like from you have Ewan McGregor, you have Lucasfilm. I even saw like on the Star Trek family, they go out and just defend her. I feel like, yes, at least people are taking a stand to show that that's not acceptable what they're doing. Yeah. Moses Ingram, in my opinion, is absolutely superb. She is a great yeah. actress. She has got that Inquisitor down to an absolute T. We stand with Moses yeah. and we absolutely will not tolerate anything like that. It's happened too many times to too many Star Wars actors. Especially who... female actresses as well. Yeah. It's pure racism and misogyny. And, and it shouldn't happen and it's not yes. happening for us. And I'm I'm happy to see the outpouring of love and support for her. And I just want to put on record that Johanna and I stand with you and we support yes. you and it shouldn't happen and it's disgusting and there is no time nor place for it in, in our opinion at all. 
I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of Reavers at Celebration next year. I think there'll be a lot of Reavers next year in Celebration. And I think that she'll come to Celebration to see it and hopefully do a panel. You know what I just realised? We're calling her Reva. In the series, they're just calling her, what is it now, third sister. I'm guessing now that she will probably go rogue from the Inquisitors because otherwise she would be just the third sister. But we know yes. her character. And because we, actually we know her character name, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We and don't, we don't know, know Rupert Friend's character's name, do yeah. we? We just knew no. him as the Grand Inquisitor before he got yeah. cut in two. And the others are just called by their numbers. So I'm guessing we will see a rogue Inquisitor on a quest for something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good point, actually. I never thought about that. No, it came to me now. See, this is why I love talking Star Wars, because you, you don't think about things, and then and then all of a sudden it happens, doesn't it? When the whole series is done, we will have to do a separate show where we just go through the whole series. And I think there's a lot of female perspective that we will be able to take a look at as well. I think that's yeah. going to be going on there. So, Johanna... I'm so pleased that we will be in London at Celebration. Yes. yes. I'm so looking forward to it. So looking forward to it. And I'm hoping that everybody will come along. We're going to go and put in an application, aren't we, for a podcast? Absolutely. A stint on the podcast stage. Let's get some female podcasting out there again. They'll be going like, what's her accent? Her accent? What's that all about? But yeah, we'll be fine. How be much great. have they been shopping? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's maybe why we might be a bit late to our show. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, stuck in the queue for heroes and villains. Look at the t-shirts I bought. Yeah, they listened to that episode where we said we want more female cut t-shirts. Well, look, until the next time, Johanna, thank yeah. you very so much again for chatting Star Wars. It's been awesome. Yes. So thank you for listening to Planet Leia. If you want to be part of the action and stay updated on all the latest Star Wars news, visit PantherTracks.com or check out the free PantherTracks app through the App Store and follow us on your mobile device. You can reach out to us and send your listeners' questions by emailing radio at PantherTracks.com. Comment, like and share on any of our social media feeds at PantherTracks and be sure to subscribe, leave a review. Obviously, we want only five-star reviews on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice or smart speaker of choice. And as always, thanks to James Semple for composing Panther Tracks intro and our Planet Leia opening music, and Mark Daniel and Vanessa Marshall for our voiceovers. Remember that you can tune in to our weekly Panther Tracks news show, Good Morning Tatooine, live on Sunday evenings at 9pm UK time, 4pm Eastern and 1pm Pacific on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. May the force be with you. Coming up next on Fanta Tracks Radio, it's Making Tracks.